If you've walked up from Adams to the office this summer, you may have noticed two small potted plants on a rock above the quoits pit. These are two bushes that Mr. Michael is cultivating into juniper bonsai trees. If you're unfamiliar, bonsai trees are miniature trees cultivated in small containers to create a realistic representation of a full-sized tree on a small scale. When I think of these trees and the art of bonsai, I think of the consistent snipping of leaves and branches and the careful restriction of growth over time to shape the dwarf little plant. One morning last week, I watched Mr. Michael walk up to the trees, water them, adjust their position slightly, and leave without any pruning or meticulous care of the branches. I asked Mr. Michael about his artistic process, and he shared a compelling nugget of wisdom. The majority of the time that an artist grows a bonsai tree, they leave it alone, positioned in sunlight, gathering nutrients, and growing outwards in all directions. Only for a small portion of the growing season, for about one or two days in the year, will Mr. Michael shave, snip, and contain the growth, which is the part of the process that comes to mind when I think of bonsai. Just like those juniper trees outside the office, at Pasquani, we spend the majority of our time gathering experiences and trying activities that will help us grow outwards in all directions. In each day on the hillside, we share busy social meals, we play hectic free time games, we sail, we row and chisel dovetails, and hit ground balls down on hobs. Our schedule is packed with raw experience. We talk to new people, we sometimes ignore new people, we lie, we tell the truth, and we get points off during inspection. We push ourselves up steep New England trails that precede the invention of switchbacks, and sometimes we neglect to push ourselves. Our time is filled to the brim with new moments, relationships, mistakes, and successes. But just as Mr. Michael will spend a short amount of time this year pruning, giving form and shape to those raw leaves and branches of his juniper bonsais, we will all spend a short amount of time this summer giving form and shape to these raw experiences. Each time you pause in the busy day to stop and think or engage in introspection, reflection, goal setting, acts of gratitude, or participating in our many, many ceremonies, you are allowing the activities from the day to take shape and meaning in your mind. Each day we hear, a, sorry, each Sunday, we hear a chapel sermon that reflects our community's character values, and we share examples from our summers that demonstrate these values. Every evening we kneel at the bunks in Dana and share several minutes of silence to think about and digest the previous hours of busyness. Last night we had circles, which hopefully gave everyone a space to open up about your meaningful insights and emotions that often get buried during the rest of our routine. Each summer, I watch the long walk, walk up the hill to Mem Hall on the Saturday of fifth week, and I listen to their reflective song in a powerful ceremony that allows me to consider my own feelings about teamwork, grit, and the rite of passage that the long walk represents. These various moments 
for stopping and thinking extract meaning from the rest of camp's activities in our minds. Right now is one of those times. You're all gathered here to divert your attention away from the many responsibilities you are all juggling and take in this breathtaking view of the lake and listen to me hopefully impart some wisdom and give some meaning to your summer. Imagine camp without these times for intentional thought. It would be fun, busy, competitive as usual. Without time to stop and think, we would still make good friends. We would still play tennis matches and, and ascend the local mountains. We would enjoy the lake in our various vessels and take mushroom walks. We would still play wall ball and eat cereal at dinner and face adversity and challenge in its many forms. Just like the juniper tree, you would extend your character in all directions. But if those activities and opportunities for raw experience stood alone in our routine, with no time cut out to sow thoughts, make goals, and set standards, Pasquani would be no more than any other sleepaway camp. It would be mostly meaningless activity that you would not think about after you graduated high school. Your time on the hillside would be consumable. You'd go through the motions, and when you'd leave at the end of the summer, the days of activity would be eaten and forgotten about. By the end of the summer, you'd be a bush, not a bonsai. Our rituals, ceremonies, and pauses take up only a fraction of our many hours at camp, yet they imbue the rest of our time with meaning and guard us against consuming each fun moment like hungry animals. Each of us is like a busy, buzzing beehive. Every day we fly out into the world of opportunity and collect the pollen that our environment has to offer. If a bee never returned to the hive, the pollen would shake off its legs at the very next flower and another batch would take its place. You must return to the hive and sit with the pollen on the inside to turn it into honey. The flowers don't make the honey, you do. The memories from camp don't build your character and give you purpose. You do. But what is it that you do? I've found that sitting, bees in the beehive, waiting for the pollen of raw experience to turn to honey feels aimless and hardly worth my limited time. What even is reflection? I would prefer to mechanically think about a few highlights from the day and suddenly know what it all means. But unfortunately, sowing thoughts, stopping and thinking, reflecting and goal setting are not tasks that I can check off a day's to-do list. Truly giving shape and form to my activities comes from long, relentless processing and intentional digestion over time. Pip, who studied neuroscience, mentioned to me how dreams are a perfect example of your body naturally doing this. Every night, the part of your brain responsible for memory, called the hippocampus, relives all the patterns and firings of neurons from the day and lets other areas of the brain where the, experience, where the experiences were first experienced encode those patterns into permanent pathways, which is memory. This meditative reflection in our sleep allows us to relive and process things without the immediate fear of what will happen next. Your brain builds a narrative out of the patterns of experience that it is processing and places you in the middle of a version of that narrative, which is your dream. Our stopping and thinking at our bunks at night 
gives us insight into our experiences from the day. But unfortunately, dreams don't suddenly make our summers meaningful. If it did, we'd have late reveille every morning. It doesn't happen overnight. To be transformed by the experiences, you have to allow them to sink in, allow them to form a narrative in your head. You have to sit with the pollen to turn it into honey. If you were to walk through the woods once, you would not create a path through the leaves. Only after choosing a path and following it every day would the course become clear and defined. So raise your hand if someone from your expedition referenced Wesley's tree talk about attention um, while you were out in the woods. I know on my expedition there were a few times we were on the trail not thinking about the task at hand or getting in our heads and we got centered right back onto the beautiful ridgeline walk. Raise your hand if you've heard someone mention the chapel talk on honesty since last Sunday. At my table I kind of jokingly said that my name really isn't Rabbit and someone lightheartedly brought up um, Mr. Michael's, Mr. Michael's chapel talk. Raise your hand if you've heard snippets from past summer's long walk songs sung throughout the hillside. These dialogues about our values, our histories, and our stories stay in the forefront of our communal mind now that we've spent only a few brief moments to contemplate them. We rehearse these ideas, we repeat them, and in doing so, inform our behavior and give shape to how we live our summers. But the next step for you is to engage with this process in your own mind, in your own beehive, outside of the designated times we have to do it as a community. Camp can provide these experiences, but only you can extract the value from them. We've given you the marble, but you all are the ones with the chisel. So when are you gonna sit with the pollen and turn it into honey? And when are you going to come up with an idea of the statue that you will carve out of the marble? It doesn't just happen during chapel and prayers and tree talks. It happens in every moment. Two renowned German philosophers helped me think about how I balance thoughtfulness and raw experience in every single moment of the day. The first, a guy named Frederick Schiller, believed that within us, there are two distinct aspects, the sensual and the formal impulses. The sensual part of you is all about your emotions and the enjoyment you get from engaging in thrilling activities with your friends. It's about embracing the excitement of playing games, laughing at meals, and having a blast. This is the marble of the statue that you will chisel, the pollen stuck to the bee's legs, and the outward growth of Mr. Michael's juniper trees. But if you only had this part, if you only lived with sensation, you would have no control over your summer because you'd live moment to moment doing only what your emotions and desires told you to do. On the other hand, Schiller argues that the formal impulse, the formal part of yourself, is about thinking deeply about your values and making choices based on logic and reason. It's the part of you that guides you to be respectful, empathetic, and responsible. This is the image of the statue in your head, the sitting with the pollen in the hive and the sessions spent snipping the juniper branches. But if you only reflected and thought about yourself all the time, there would be no sensation to draw from and no raw experience to work with. So Schiller tells us to find harmonious balance between these two impulses in every moment. 
He would tell us to immerse ourselves in these thrilling activities, all while encouraging us to reflect, make plans, and consider how our actions align with our values. It's about becoming a person who knows how to enjoy life while making thoughtful choices along the way. That's what gives you agency and control over your summer. The second German philosopher named Friedrich Nietzsche wrote something very, very similar. He wrote that we who think and feel at the same time are those who continually fashion something that had not been there before. The whole eternally growing world of valuations, colors, accents, perspectives, scales, affirmations, and negations. To fashion something in yourself that had not been there before, you have to feel and experience, but you also have to stop and think. So what will you do to take control over your summer? to make your days more meaningful and more memorable. If you're just starting out, you might want to make it a goal to spend every night at prayers actually thinking about your day. Ask yourself, did I make someone, someone else's day a little bit better? How can I improve in this activity from this afternoon? What did that, why did that interaction make me feel the way that it did? Try to take a few minutes each day and think about which experiences are in line with your values and which ones you might want to prune away. If you're deepening your relationship with reflection, introspection, and thoughtfulness, I would advise you to take a pause in any action-packed moment throughout the day and bring the bees back. If you miss a tennis ball in tennis ball tag at sailing, take a breath before you tack around back into the chaos. Ask yourself if each action is filled with intention and thoughtfulness or if you are spinning forward aimlessly through the activity at hand. Will you choose to stop and reflect? Are you sowing those thoughts as you go? These little thoughts take only a moment, yet they will prune your messy, extensive juniper branches into a neat, intentional, and meaningful little bonsai tree. We've given you the marble but you all are the ones with the chisel. What will you choose to carve? Thank you.